What's up, everyone? It is 8.37. We're a little late here on the live stream, but we apologize for that. I was down about an hour south of my studio, and I walked in the door literally right before time to start things up, so I had to launch the computer uh, and get these fellow guests to join me, and we're here to talk about some fun stuff today. Preseason's here, so we actually have a game to talk about, even though there's little to, to know about it, and we have a guest joining us a little bit later on the show. Let's get things started. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. We have a potential streak on the line again this week. We are still missing one of our co-hosts, the one that is the longest tenured as far as a streak goes on the show, but... We'll, we'll introduce our other guests because they're just as important. Let's first head on down the uh, Interstate 5 down into San Diego where we've got Alan from San Diego. Alan, how are we doing, man? Good, good. Um, started back with kids today in class, so it's been uh, it's been quite the day. I am thoroughly exhausted. Uh, I feel like I'm in preseason where you, you run for 30 seconds and you're like, wait, I'm totally gassed i don't have enough to get through the day uh but a good day it was good to see uh students back in classrooms uh even socially distanced with masks and on the whole shenanigans but we're slowly coming back and that means um more and more teams are looking to put more and more fans in the stadiums um and which means we're going to get to see some soccer in person and that in-person soccer is so exciting i know for not just myself and not just you guys but Many, many soccer fans around the U.S. are excited about this. So um, hopefully that is uh, going to be great. Uh, let's head on up a little bit to the north, a little bit to the east, up in Reno. Got Brad from Reno. Brad, how are we doing up there? Uh, you should check that geography. Actually, we are north and west of you in L.A. or Orange County area. I'm good, by the way. way. correct. Way to correct me, man. Way to correct me on that. You make me look bad and, and you know, throw your throw one of your co-hosts under the bus. But I tend to do that to you guys quite a bit. So um, who knows? Uh, apologize if there's any crazy issues with our stream Don't worry, today. Um, I'm getting. Alan, what, 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 were you going to say something? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say uh, the great host of the USL show made that mistake when he called me the furthest west host as opposed to uh pony who is in sacramento is actually further west than san Much. diego because california does this yeah it's it's pretty pretty far east san diego is compared to sacramento so you were not the only bgn network host to get his east west geography when dealing with southern california uh so you're among the you're among greats is what i'm saying Okay, I'll take that. I'm among greats, apparently, and um, hopefully, Alan. I don't so, know if it's my internet. Um, it's Alan's internet. I don't know. In it's, uh, internet problems no. today. Internet problems today. I think I don't know what's going on because I'm getting some indicators on my end that there's some internet issues. Alan's a little bit uh, stuttery. Brad, you got a nice crystal clear picture going on. I see Dylan giving a face. It looks like he's in a vehicle, so I don't know if we should bring him on. Um, <laughs> Dylan's giving the thumbs up that he's good to come on here. His streak is still alive, folks. Let's bring on Dylan from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, man, how's it going? He's in a car. I am in a car, but I'm not moving. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say hello um, before, you know, I was too late. And then I we'd have to start counting like fractions of the of the show counting. But a pleasure to be on, as always. And I am 
Um, slightly further west than Allen, I believe. So that so makes I me think like out of second, third most west. I think I'm further east than you, Ray. So maybe third most east. I don't know about that. West. No, no, you're 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 probably further west than I am. But this is not about California geography or West Coast geography. We're here to talk about soccer, specifically Orange County Soccer Club, and uh, <laughs> and he is calling out uh, Allen's internet connection apparently. Dylan's cell phone internet seems to be better than Alan's home internet. Maybe San Diego doesn't have good internet. Who knows? Um, but here's what we got going on. The start of the preseason for Orange County is coming up. Uh, and that's exciting. But then it's also maybe a little bit frustrating because I think it's a closed door match for that first preseason match, which you can understand. It's a club that uh, is wanting to sort of get things worked out before they show their product to the fans, at least legit show it to fans. I know championship soccer stadium has the ability for fans to sort of hang out around the fence line and, and sort of peek into the stadium, which I'm sure a lot of the fans are planning on doing, but we do have that match coming up this weekend um, against Cal state Fullerton. Uh, this uh, typically orange County would travel to uh, Fullerton for these, this match, but this year it's the opposite Cal state Fullerton coming down to the great park championship soccer stadium, which most of the preseason games are for orange County, all except for the one. So we'll definitely talk about that. Um, and also we're, we're hearing chatter. We're hearing some rumors about potential um, uh, additional announcements of players, but we don't really have many details on that as of yet, but we'll sort of speculate a little bit on that. Um, get some ideas on, on what's going on there. Um, and then uh, we got a guest coming on later on uh, scheduled to join us is the forward for orange County. And that is Thomas Ennevolton. Uh, he was the team's, I believe the team's leading scorer in 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan and or Allen and or Brad uh, left for Indiana uh, and then Sacramento and then mm -hmm. came back last season, played a game with us, COVID struck, and he spent the rest of 2020 uh, over in Denmark. He's back here in Orange County, ready to get things going with Orange County Soccer Club. And we're excited about that return um, for a full season here. So let's get into this, the, the mix here. Let's talk about this first preseason match against Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Orange County, probably one of the later teams to get started with the training camp or preseason or whatever we want to call it. Um, you know, we already talked about last week. They're one of the teams that has sort of a later start to their schedule and thus have a little bit more of congestion coming throughout the schedule. Let me go to you first, Alan. What do we know about Cal State Fullerton and what can we think of or anticipate or what's your best thoughts on this matchup against Cal State Fullerton for Orange County? So what do I know about Cal State Fullerton? It is a Cal State in Fullerton, California. Uh, their mascot is the Titans. Um, my parents went there and um, they have a college soccer team. Uh, their colors are like orangey and blue, I think. And um, they have a pretty decent uh, school of music. Um, that's about all I know about Cal State Fullerton. Um, I know this is a pretty popular school to play. I know San Diego Loyal has played them in the past. Um, and I think they're playing them again this year. Um, they're a pretty solid soccer program. Uh, which is why I think you see some USL teams playing them because it is a pretty decent competition. Uh, so I know that they're a pretty successful college soccer program. And um, yeah, that's about it. Heck of a baseball team. Yeah, that would be, we can get Chad in to talk about baseball. He would be the guy to go to about those baseball stats. Um, but yeah, uh, good school, good school of music. And um, that's about all I know about Cal State Fullerton. Perfect. I want to throw it down to Dylan because he's just sitting in his car waiting to maybe share his thoughts on Cal State Fullerton. Then he's going to have to jump off for a little bit on a drive home. Uh, but Dylan, uh, Cal State Fullerton, let me ask you first and foremost, what's a Titan? It's an elephant. Um, yeah. that's Is a, that like that's the official Wait, term actually? for an elephant is a Titan? I don't know if it's a specific kind or, or what. Um, I, I'm not an animal kingdom expert by any stretch of the imagination and I don't go to Fullerton, so I wouldn't know, but I know we have a listener who uh, is an alumnus of uh, Cal state Fullerton. So maybe they can chime in with the, uh, the etymology of the schools 
um, mascot. I don't know. This is a podcast that is only barely about soccer, but is really about random stuff in California. Well, at least until we get some live product on the field where we can actually start dissecting the games, the players, and what's going on there. Um, what are your thoughts, though, on this matchup uh, and having Cal State Fullerton as the first preseason matchup, uh, closed doors? Uh, so you probably will see maybe I, w- I would estimate or guess about 20 fans that will be sitting around the stadium with ladders and step stools and stuff like that. What are your What are your thoughts, Dylan? Um, like Alan said, if there's a reason all these USL teams play, and part of it is like, it's pretty easy to get a college team to play right now um, where they're at and, and they're local. But they've held us in the past. We played them in 2018, and over the course of 120 minutes, like in the preseason, Orange County managed a 1-0 victory over over Fullerton. Um, it's going to be a weird test, I think, for the club because this will be a lot of these guys' first match. Like, There's a massive roster turnover. And this will be a good test. And um, it's probably going to be pretty rusty and a little bit awkward. Um, but against a good college side, that should be gelled. And they'll have that going for them. Um, it should hopefully light a little bit of a fire um, under the Orange County players and, and get us kind of sorted um, for the rest of the preseason. And I know, uh, really quick, I'll go to you, Brad. I'll ask you what your thoughts and knowledge is on Cal State Fullerton up there in Reno, Nevada. But I think... Alan, about five minutes ago, held his finger up like he had something he wanted to say. I don't know if he remembers what he wanted to say. Um, Go for it, Alan. So, Cal State Fullerton, the students chose the name Titan in 1959, but on May 11, 1962, Cal State Fullerton held the first intercollegiate elephant race in human history, and that's where the elephant mascot came into play. And the elephant race was one of the biggest events in Orange County and went on to become the first major sporting event in Orange County. There you go. Question answered. Wait, so were there elephants, like the animal elephants racing, or did we have people dressed as elephants? I think it was or like actual riding. elephants. This was the 60s, so they didn't so care would, about animal rights. That's true. And it would literally be the largest competition because they're huge this is amazing <laughs> this is amazing i'm sure the blue whale uh, competition here. would beg to differ but that's a different uh medium of transportation so uh yeah, that's going on land fullerton's <laughs> not on the water <laughs> and uh, mr andy superfan says it was actual elephants not people dressed up as elephants so we got the the confirmation of that. Uh, Brad, up there in Reno, what do you know about, you know, Cal State Fullerton? And what are your thoughts of playing a college team as the first preseason match? Is that probably a good idea for any uh, USL team? Um, well, I don't know anything about the school or their team or their players, so I'm just going to skip that. I'm going to go into the mindset of, of how teams and fans uh, look at these games. Uh, usually what I've talked to when I've dealt with coaching staffs is that normally players will be what's the word I'm looking for they're looking and scouting out players trialists anybody to make the team better and these scrimmages are often good times to try out the bottom half of your roster players that aren't going to get regular season time but it's also a good chance to scout out players at a school or at a local you know UPSL program to find someone to walk onto the team as a trialist so something like that would be good for the future. Perfect. And, and looking at the comments uh, for our show here, um, you know, Andy sort of confirming that it was real elephants and Harry over there in San Antonio with his response that uh, Andy must have been there in attendance. So he would know that it was real elephants. I, I don't know if that is a fact. Um, so uh, Harry didn't provide his source of his knowledge of that. But, uh, you know, it was in the comment section, so I figured I'd show that's the way the internet works, right? Um, no, I, I think it's a good idea to, uh, A, it's nice to sort of play against local college teams. I don't know if Reno, when they were around, if they played against the University of Nevada up there at any point in the preseason, Brad. But I, I, I sort of like that Orange County seems to do this every year, at least get th- two, three, maybe four local universities um, and play them in the preseason just to sort of, I, I think it's a it's there's two pluses from it, right? You're getting your work in against 
uh, a team that's probably been working together for a little bit there and getting things going. You're also just sort of, it's an opportunity to see some local talent uh, at some of the universities, potentially get an idea of who may be someone that you want to invite uh, once they graduate or what, or even before they graduate. Cause we've seen instances uh, even with orange County. I don't know if they ever played uh, UC Irvine uh, when Danny Chrysostomo was there. I don't think they did, but Danny joined Orange County while he was still at UC Irvine um, in his, I believe his junior or senior year. So, you know, you can find these sort of hidden gem players that maybe, you know, they're not going to have a long career as a soccer player, but they could put in a good two, three years at the USL level. uh, And it helps tie you into that local um, soccer market and some, some programs in the area. And it gets, you gives you the chance to grow as a local club, right? And that's a big part of the USL is being, you know, this, these local professional teams for San Diego, for Orange County, um, for us here in Irvine and the surrounding areas of Orange County, you know, Reno for a few years, uh, they, they were part of uh, the soccer community there. So setting up these preseason matches against local universities uh, gives you a chance to work out and work on some of your um, ideas of that you, what you want to bring into the season, but it gets you that chance to work with the local universities and find uh, a hidden gem or two, right? I mean, that's, I think a big part of USL soccer is finding those hidden gems because let's face it, these teams don't have the budget to go sign established, you know, world, world cup quality players, right? They're looking for those hidden gems that have that potential to grow to that level. But right now they're at the USL level and that's that. So uh, that's always a good thing there. Um, any other thoughts on the first match coming this weekend? Well, let's do this, I guess. And we'll have to ask Dylan once he gets home and he's safe and he's not driving anymore. Let's get a quick score prediction, even though, again, we don't know what's going on with this match. You know, what the heck's going on? Quick score prediction. I don't know if I can't remember if we did this last week, but we're going to do another one now, now that we're a week closer to this game. Alan, we'll go to you first. Uh, you know, trying to rub that beard for for good uh, knowledge here. 28-17, I think. Um you know, they, this they is, get a couple this touchdowns is a, this early. Is, and this then, is like uh, world football, not and, and by the way, Cal State behind, doesn't have a football team, man. It doesn't they're undefeated. have a football team. <laughs> they're undefeated football team. Uh, I think that's the joke. Undefeated since 61 or something like that. Um <laughs> these are so hard to uh, these are so hard to predict because it's like you can have a good run of form and you might be up a couple goals and then you swap everyone out and they nip a couple off of you at the end because they keep their kids on or their good kids on. Uh, let's say, uh, two, two. Sure. Why not? Uh, a very knowledgeable guest there from Allen down in San Diego. What about in Reno? What's, uh, what's the, uh, you know, you're in Vegas, so you can actually have, you know, sports betting and all that stuff. What are the, what's the sports line on this game? Here Brad? in Reno, you're in Vegas. Okay. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Doesn't Reno, uh, Reno doesn't. Reno we have oh. sports betting, but we are not Vegas. We are Nevada. <laughs> it's like they're they're cities right next to each other. Like Vegas. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I hey. drew a map. Uh, I, I put it on Twitter. You can look at it. Uh, Vegas is actually there, but it's further east of you guys. Okay, you're in Nevada. Um, you're in Nevada. Up there in Reno, Nevada. What is the uh, – what, what is – who are you betting on? Uh, Orange County or Cal State Fullerton for a random preseason match with no implications on anything? Other than with, getting your players some work, with no implications, you know, I don't think the sports books would put a uh, put a guess on this game or a wager on this game. Um, given that one team's professional and one team's collegiate, probably going to have to always go with the professional team. I have three one Orange County. All right, cool. I'm going to go three three. I'm just going to say it's a draw. Both teams are putting in work, getting some goals. Orange County again. This is their first ma- uh, like actual match against an opponent for the preseason. So who knows what you can expect with that? Although there are a lot of quality players on the roster, it still is a, a coin flip, right? A coin toss. You're not going to really know what you're going to get out there because they've been training, they've been working, but what's going to happen when they get in the field against uh, uh, an opponent? It's that's a different story. And that's the whole reason for the preseason, right? Is to try and get your team work up and get them prepared for that first match, which is uh, who is, who's our first match again? Is it a Tacoma, right? Yes. Am I wrong? I think that was the business last week where I didn't remember because it was inconsequential. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's uh, move ahead because we're hearing rumblings that there may be a few roster announcements coming within the next few weeks. No, 
nothing major going on, but I'm hearing from sources within the club that there should be an announcement tomorrow. Don't know what it is, who it is. Um, you know, if it's someone that's going to come in and, and play right away, or if it's going to be one of those uh, investments for the future, like we've seen recently with players such as uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe Henry, uh, Francis Jacobs, uh, Brian Ko. Um, or if it's going to be someone more like at the level of Chris Weehan or Adam John coming in. But uh, keep an eye out for Orange County social media tomorrow is what I'm hearing. Fingers crossed I'm correct on that. If not, in the next couple of days, we might hear something there. Uh, also hearing down the pipeline, there may be um, another announcement coming. Um, and we should hopefully at some point here hear something about maybe some loanies from Rangers. Um, We'll uh, we'll try and figure out more about this as as things come through the pipeline. But follow the club, follow us. If we hear anything, we'll let you all know as well. Um, I'll force Alan and or Brad to jump on the Twitter machines and post something if they can. Even though now that we know that Alan's back at actual school in person classes, he can't sit there and tell his students to take a break while he jumps onto Twitter and starts tweeting random USL news stories. Even though you, he probably could. He's a band teacher. He could tell the the kids here play this song. I'm listening. I'm moving my hand around while you play, but I'm tweeting with my other hand. Um, yeah, that's exactly how it goes, right, Alan? If you're watching the live stream, you can see it. <laughs> um, we do have a scheduled guest scheduled to join us. And before we, while we're waiting, hopefully he'll make it on here uh, uh, on time without any problems. But I want to just sort of talk about this because, uh, you know, Thomas Enavoltson, former Orange County player, um, you know, came or left, came back, COVID hit. Now we're back. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're getting the 2018 Thomas Sutton Voltson uh, and getting, you know, some good goal scoring. What are your expectations? What are your thoughts with Tom and Thomas Sutton Voltson returning? And now actually gets to be here for the full year instead of just starting off uh, for one match and then heading off on loan. Uh, Alan. Yeah. Um, I remember watching him his first game or his only game last season with um, against El Paso. And there were like a lot of really close moments that if he brought the ball down or if the pass is a little bit crisper, he'd be like in on goal and uh, it wouldn't have been a nil nil uh, game. I think there was a lot of excitement there. And I think, uh, yeah, you lose Aiden Quinn's ability to put that ball forward, but I think you pick up some options that are going to be able to replicate a lot of that movement. Um, and I know those two played really well together. Uh, so I I foresee um, a lot of fireworks uh, for Orange County with Tom and Seth Voltson up there. Um, I, I think he's really smart. I think he's um, puts himself in good positions, makes really good runs, um, and can put the ball in the back of the net. He's proven that before. So... Um, the dogs are excited about it as well. They love Thomas Edda Voltson. Um, I, I just think that if he can have, even if he's like at 80% of what he was uh, a couple of years ago, you're still looking at a high quality USL guy who's going to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's, you know, when looking at Orange County last year, that's one of the problems we uh, Orange County needed to solve. Uh, and having him back is like getting a new signing. Let me uh, ask you really quick, Brad, uh, you know, because Alan brought up, Aiden Quinn was there in 2018. We're going to miss out on that partnership. Who do you potentially see stepping in and sort of becoming that midfield partner with the Volson? And another just additional question to that is back in 2018, we saw a great scoring partnership between Volson and Michael Seaton um, during that season. Who would be the sort of scoring partner for Volson up top that you see sort of filling in that role? So who's going to fill in the Quinn role? Who's going to fill in the Seaton role for Volson this year? All right. Well, to fill in the uh, Quinn role, I think the obvious answer there is uh, the guy we talked to last week, Chris Weehan. Um, I think Weehan knows how to distribute the ball. He knows how to create the space. He knows how to finish himself to be a threat to take away any any or some of the opposition against Enavoldson. Uh, and up top, you have to look at Adam John to kind of step in and hopefully um, you know, take in that other position. Uh, of goal score. So hopefully, you know, these players, they might not be necessarily direct upgrades over what we've lost in the past, but however, they're going to be for sure fire, you know, they're going to work together really well. And I think we have a lot of quality in this midfield that, that we haven't seen in a while. So let me um, ask you or jump on with you really quick. Um, Alan, you know, there's been, uh, 
uh, uh, there's been this gap for, for NFL team playing in the U.S. He, he was with Denmark last season or in Denmark last season. I'm um, playing in his home country. He's back here in the U.S. Is that uh, a concern that you know he stepped away from the U.S. and from USL soccer for a year, or do you feel like he's at a point where he should be able to step right back in and already knows what the league is like and what to do. He's not this newcomer from Europe that is adjusting to the game. Um, I think if we didn't have a COVID season, I think this might be a little bit more of an issue, but I think so many players have had so much time off and so much upheaval in their lives that I think a lot of players are still kind of figuring out how to navigate a, a longer off season. Um, and also, um, I, I think getting back into form um, is going to be a an issue with some clubs with the longer off season um, as far as getting into form as a team. Um, so I think if this is a normal season, maybe. But I think he's going to be he's going to find that he's getting his USL feet underneath him at the same time. A lot of uh, USL players are. Um, are also fighting their their sea legs, if you will. Uh, and so I think it's just going to help him fit in, and uh, I think he's going to do fine. What are your thoughts on that, Brad? Uh, can you repeat the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, just asking, wanted to know your thoughts on Thomas Innovoltzen on uh, just you know a, way, uh, a year away from U.S. soccer, USL, and just being involved in U.S. soccer. Is that going to impact him, or is he enough uh, you know, of a veteran that should be no – no issues, no concerns. Maybe at the beginning of the season, you'll get a, a slow start, but hopefully it won't be something that, that uh, you know, lingers throughout the year. All right. Um, so I'm trying to see about, uh, uh, you know, what we can do to get Thomas on, on the call. Apparently he's not able to do a, a stream with us on here. So we're trying to figure out what to do. Um, so Alan, what can you talk about? All right. You know, Dylan's back. I'm going to bring Dylan on, just put him on the spot here. Dylan, talk about some stuff while I try and work out some technical issues here with our guest. You heard some of our questions, hopefully share your thoughts on those. Okay. I think it's working out. Um, I like that. It's just come on and share my thoughts and not like talk about stuff that like we've talked about. Um, like Alan's head, because apparently this is all I'm going to do tonight, is kind of reiterate what he said, but um, it's been a weird year. And if you you weren't on a good USL team last that's a little bit rude to ourselves, but like if you didn't make the playoffs, you haven't played in a couple months. Um, there's going to be like no match fitness. And I think we have this really bad habit of overestimating how good the US League is. Um, we watch guys leave MLS and like struggle in the two Bundesliga. Um, so guys that leave the USL um, and the quality side of Thomas Nivolson, I don't think it's going to be a big problem um, because he works so hard and that's very clear um, that he puts that effort in to, to keep up with like the physical side of being able to play in really bad weather um, against guys that are maybe 10, 15 years younger than him. Uh, and he can keep the pace. And, and he's smart enough to, to make the runs and get himself in dangerous positions and to know how to contort his body into creating a chance out of nothing. Um, because we've seen him do it in the past where he's scored some truly <laughs> random things, some things at really tight angles. Um, and it's been, it's been successful. So I think he'll be okay. Um, and I, I hope that uh, I don't know if she's out here or his child's out here, but hopefully his partner and his child are out here as well. And he can settle down again in the U.S. because I know um, he liked it the first time I was out here. So basically he better score. Um, and if you get 80% of what Thomas Enovoldson was in 2018, I think that's still like a 18 goal player or something. It's something crazy like that. Like it's still going to be a good return. Perfect. Um, again, I'm trying to work, uh, get our guests on here. I'm getting a indication that he should be in our green room waiting to come on, but I'm not seeing him on my side of the mix. So I apologize for those of you that were coming on to try and uh, hear what Thomas Enavoldson has to say. We're working on the issues here. I'm going to ask Alan and Dylan and Brad to 
keep the conversation going while I'm trying to figure things out on my end, and hopefully we can get this issue resolved. I apologize. Go for it, gentlemen. To, to soft shoe it up. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Um, yeah, I think um, even with some new signings, I think um, there's going to be tons of depth on the team this year, which is going to come in handy. I know we talked about it last week with the run of matches in July and October. Um, and so I'm excited to see uh, what the end product of some of those signings and loanees are going to be uh, and what kind of impact they can have on the team. Um, I think um, your wily veterans on the, on the team are going to uh, <laughs> do a lot of good. Uh, and so even if I, I think with, with Anna Voltson, even, even if he's not in peak form, what he's going to be able to do for the team and for some of these younger players is, uh, bring a level of experience, bring a level of uh, just kind of professionalism um, and kind of model that. And that's kind of been the been Orange County's MO over the past couple of seasons is a good mix of veterans and youth players. And he's one of those veterans that is going to kind of really um, you have some younger attacking players that he can take them under their wing and really develop them. And so you might see a, a mini Thomas Ennevoldson coming through uh, with some of these youth players who really have um, – quite a bit of opportunities to emulate diff- a couple different styles of play on the front line um, and kind of learn what their strengths are. And hopefully um, when Thomas is ready to uh, move along and spend more time with his family, um, as a lot of retired soccer players like to say, and like to spend some time with my family, uh, he's going to leave a legacy behind in Orange County that I think uh, some of these youth players and local players are going to emulate. Was that long enough? It doesn't look like it's long enough. But it doesn't look like it's long enough. Um, I think some of us might remember from that time that we actually got to the stand and be in the stands so many, so many months ago. Um, Anvilton does not shy away from demanding a lot out of his um, teammates. And I think it's fair because he clearly works really, really hard um, to put himself in the spots that he gets into to demand the ball. Um and his level of play is, is, I mean, he's deservedly, um, I would say, firm, maybe a little bit hard on his teammates. Uh, and that'll be a really good test for so many of these young players on this team who are like, oh, I want to I want to go to Europe, and I want to play in Europe. It's every time a player comes over from Europe and they come here, even if it's lower division England, the first thing they say is, oh, man, like training is so much slower here. The games are so much slower here. It's... Mm-hmm. way calmer so if you're 16 and you know you're, you're maybe you're getting your licks in here and there 20 minute appearances um yeah having someone like uh our guest over here helps you get acclimated a little bit faster perfect i think we've got our issue resolved here i believe we have them online but i'm gonna uh fingers crossed here a welcome on for the first time on the orange black soccer cast thomas Ennevolton. thomas welcome to the orange and black soccer cast Thank you, guys. Glad we could have you on here. And, and let me first and foremost say welcome back to Orange County. I'm, uh, I think I can speak for most of the fans to say we're excited to see you back. And, and, you know, you were supposed to return last season. It got sort of derailed by a worldwide pandemic. But we're excited to see you back here for 2021. And we're excited to see what you can bring to the club. Uh, what are your thoughts heading into this new season uh, after a year away from the States? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, first of all, I spoke a lot with the guys during my time in Denmark. Uh, been on calls with some players and uh, head coach Braden. Uh, they all talk about that the team we're going to have this year is going to be probably the best team in uh, the history of Orange County Soccer Club. So uh, it's going to be a really strong team that uh, hopefully can compete for a championship. Uh, we were close in 2018 when we lost the conference final to Phoenix. Uh, but this year, I believe we have a stronger team than uh, we had back then. So uh, I'm really excited to get going. Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about that. Uh, you know, we were sort of talking before we were able to get you on on the, the stream here. Uh, you know, 2018, you, you built a really strong partnership with players like Aiden Quinn and Michael Seaton, who have moved on to uh, other clubs. Uh, who are you looking at based on this roster that can sort of you can build those great relationships with on the field? Maybe uh, someone that you're going to look forward to maybe setting you up for goals and who can you form a great scoring partnership with on this roster? 
I mean, there are a lot of guys this year. Uh, look at the new guys we brought in. Uh, we have Adam Jam, who's been a proven goal scorer in this league before, uh, coming off a season in MLS with Atlanta. So uh, that's, of course, uh, shows some kind of quality. Uh, then we have another striker up front in Eero from Finland, a uh, big guy uh, who's looked very promising in training. Um, so, yeah, there are there are a lot of good players. We still have Darwin Jones, who's been here for some years, going out really well. So uh, I'll say there are there are a lot of good options and uh, we should be a high-scoring team this year. When you were watching this team, uh, I don't know if you, you know, how how well the streams are fed over in Europe, but if you got any chance to watch any of these matches or any of the videos from these matches from last year, you probably could see there was there was a little bit of pressure on the players to score goals, and I think that was leading to a lot of um, either not the best shots or the most successful shots, and it, it really, I think, hurt the team's chances of getting into those playoff spots last season. Um, what do you think you're going to be able to bring? What, what is Thomas Edvoldson going to bring to help uh, eliminate those difficulty scoring? Are, are, do you feel like you'll be able to come and just hit the ground running, score some goals for this team um, with your partners that you've mentioned? I think we lost connection. I couldn't hear the whole question. <laughs> That's what I get for doing like this long question. Uh, I maybe just let me ask your thoughts. You know, the the teams struggled to score some goals last season. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on like why that was and what's going to change this year? I can't hear what you're saying. Only see it. <laughs> um, let, let, uh, can you hear me now, Thomas? Uh-oh. I think we are having some auto audio difficulties. We'll try and figure out this out here really quick. Uh, Thomas, uh, if you can hear me, let me know. <laughs> All right. We may have run into some audio difficulties. I'm going to leave Thomas here on the line if he hears us. Um, Thomas, jump in and, and let us know you can hear us again. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thoughts on on one of the things I heard uh, Thomas mention is uh, Iro Markinen, who's coming over from Europe, has looked pretty impressive in preseason. Um, are any of us excited about this? Uh, what six foot six player coming on over from from Europe to try and make an impact on this club? Let me go to you first, Dylan. Well, um, if we have to chase a late goal, and you can throw on someone who is. Um, I think he's six five, but maybe he's six six. It certainly makes it a lot easier, um, especially if you're playing like Tacoma um, or a team with some younger guys. Realistically, I don't know any other players that are six six in this league. Um, even if the man really can't jump all that much, it's not going to be much of an issue um, if you have someone with that physical capability. And I think it changes how we get to play as well, um, where we can do like the old school. Um, big man, little man kind of thing where like you throw a, an Eero Markkinen and you throw up like a Thomas Enovolson next to him. Um, and, and you let, you just like have Robbie Kiernan ping balls, uh, from the back line to the front and, and see what happens. Um, yes, it's exciting. And I think Thomas will be back and maybe he'll be able to tell us, um, where he'll fit into that role in a minute. I hope. I will say this, fingers crossed, based off of my Football Manager 21 campaign, Eero Markkinen has been my top goal scorer for Orange <laughs> County halfway through the season. So if that is any indication of what to expect, that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see if uh, we, we have a connection working again here with Thomas. Thomas, are you able to hear us? Yeah, I can hear you again. Perfect. Um, I'm just going to skip the question I was trying to ask because maybe that was just a bad luck question. I'm going to throw it over to, to Dylan and see if he has a question for you. Okay, perfect. Well, I have to say, um, I had a really good question for you I thought of earlier, and then you kind of answered it without any prompting. Um, you said, you've managed to say that, or you've said, I should say, um, that the club said that this is going to be the best team Orange County has placed. Um, and you were, you were on the best team that Orange County has ever had. Um, I know it's early in the preseason, but how could you compare let's say March, 2018 and March, 2021. Uh, I mean, in March, 2018, I just came over from Europe and I didn't know much about the club, much about the league. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, we also started a bit slow, only got a point in the first two games. And then we took off from there. Um, but speaking right now, 
after a weak year almost and team we had in 2018, I'll say it's a much better squad now. So we have a lot of better players on the bench, a lot of better opportunities to rotate. Um, so yeah, I think the depth uh, in the squad is uh, way better this time. Uh, first of all, uh, congratulations on uh, the birth of your child. I know we uh, we celebrated that along with you and completely understood that move back home. Um, very understandable. Um, Orange County has a lot of youth players. Uh, what kind of um, what are you hoping to depart on some of these younger players? What are some like lessons that Thomas Edavoldson has learned over his career that you're passing along to this next generation? Oh, I've learned a lot of things, and actually one of the young guys asked me yesterday what, uh, if I look back at my career, if there was something I would change. And that's, a, that's a very tough question, because when you look at a career, I've been playing professional since I was 18, so uh, it's almost 16 years, and uh, it's like a long education. You learn along the way, uh, you have different coaches, you play with different teammates, uh, you get injuries, uh, you play different positions, so it's just like a really, really long education you get throughout your career. Um, and I'm a much cleverer player and person today, of course, than I was when I was 18. Uh, of course, there are things I re re regret in my career, but looking back and when I was in the moment, uh, I thought at that time I made the right decisions, but uh, you will only know when you have done it. And uh, yeah, if you did something wrong, you have to make up for it. All right. So, Thomas, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So, Thomas, uh, one of the things that Orange County has always consistently done over the past forever, it seems, is uh, they've always brought in some good youth talent. Is there any youth talent on the team that you're working with right now that you're looking forward to working with during the regular season? Anybody that we haven't talked about here on the show that maybe is going to play a bigger role than we thought? Mm, that's a tough question also, because there is some uh, really good young, talented players. Uh, and as I said, I've only been here for like a week. And uh, the first few days we trained was a lot about running. So uh, I haven't seen a much uh, of the young guys playing uh, yet. But uh, I trained a bit with Francis last time I was here uh, for a short month before the pandemic hit. And you can see he's a talented player, but uh, of course, he's still very young and uh, still have a lot of things to improve. Uh, when, you, when you're in the right environment and you, you work hard, uh, yeah, there will be chances for him. Uh, so, but yeah, as you say, there are a lot of young players on the team and uh, I'm excited to see how they progress throughout the year when I get to know them more and when I get to train with them some more. That's definitely an exciting thing. And, and you brought up Francis. I know a lot of fans watched him on the documentary, the Rangers slash Orange County Soccer Club documentary, where he made that bold statement that he sees himself as being one of the best players in the world. Uh, do you see that from the the limited time you had working with him that he could potentially reach that type of level? Is that a, a realistic goal for him? I mean, of course it's realistic, but it's also a very, very, very difficult uh, statement to make. Um, I mean, if you want to be the best player in the world, uh, you should probably look at the, who are the best players in the world. And if you look at the, one of them, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and the work ethic he puts in, it's not only about being in the club, what you do there. It's about a lifestyle. And I know this guy because I know one, someone who's close to him. And every minute Ronaldo thinks that's about his professional life. I mean, he's not doing anything that doesn't give him a, I should say, that's not about like for him to be the best player on the field. That's about sleep. That's about what you eat. I mean, even his spare time. And I also saw him one time said that uh, what he hated most was like every afternoon when he had to go to the gym and he was playing with the kids. He just had to call it up with the kids. And that was tough sometimes because the kids enjoyed it and he enjoyed it. But uh, if he wanted to be the best, he had to put in the work. So sometimes you have to make tough decisions. So uh, if Francis is up for that, uh, I wish him all the best. I'll try to help him, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's very tough. Perfect. Uh, let's just ask you a couple fun questions here to wrap things up, and then we'll let you go, uh, Thomas. Uh, I'm just going to ask you quickly, um, what would be your top five all-time 
uh, soccer, you know, football player list, all-time players, what would be your top five list? Uh, number one, probably Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, as I said, uh, I've really enjoyed watching him over the years. And uh, what I really enjoy also is the, the work that he puts in. Um, he's already, always been a talented player, but uh, he would never reach the level he has without how much he's been working on it. Um, he'll be my number one. Uh, then I'll probably put Messi as number two. It's always been uh, who is the better of them, and uh, and I'm going for Ronaldo there. Uh, third one will uh, probably be Frank Lampard. Uh, I'm a big Chelsea fan, and he was my favorite player uh, playing back then. And uh, in my opinion, the best midfield player England has seen. Uh, he probably scored in one third of the game for Chelsea as a central midfield player. That's an unbelievable stat. Um, and from there on, yeah, then it's going to be difficult. Uh, I'll put Slatan up, of course, uh, because he's just a fun player to watch. I was lucky to watch him when he played at Galaxy. And uh, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's not Messi and Ronaldo, but uh, he's definitely more entertaining to watch play than them because he's doing a lot of fun stuff and scoring some crazy goals. Uh, so he has to be there. And the last part, <clears throat> yeah. You have to, to give me that question a few hours ago, I don't think about it. But uh, that's, for, <laughs> that's for sure. Four players I'll have on my list, and the fifth one, uh, yeah, I'll have to think more about that. Well, I'll say, Thomas, think about your fifth one, and it, it, when we can get you back on the show, you can share who that fifth player would be uh, yeah, at that time. Good idea. <laughs> Dylan, well, a fun question for Thomas. We'll just say it's you, Thomas. You can be your own fifth favorite yeah, player. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, it's it's pretty humble there, um, Thomas. What is your favorite vegetable, and how do you prepare it? Oh, that'll be avocado, actually, because uh, I think you can use it in uh, in so many things. Uh, like every time I make uh, an omelet for breakfast, I'll have avocado on it. We make avocado toast. Uh, you can do it. Plus, have a nice guacamole. Uh, you can put it in salad. So, uh, avocado is something I uh, I use very much when I cook. I love it. Oh, a fan question. Does being a father make you a better footballer or does being a footballer make you a better father? Tough question. Um, Of course, it's very new to me. Uh, She's eight months now and uh, I wouldn't lie. It's also a tough job to be a father, uh, especially in the beginning. Uh, There is the things with sleep. Uh, which is very important for footballers, but uh, now I have someone who controls my sleep. That's not myself, that's the baby. And actually, last night was not good. Uh, the first week over here has not been good because of the jet lag. Uh, so that's been that's been really tough. But, uh, you know, when I get on the field and uh, I come home from training and see her smile, you know, that's that's something enjoyable that you only feel when you're, when you're a dad. Uh, but yeah, now because of the pandemic at the... Uh, I only got to play a few months back in Denmark as a father. I haven't really tried it over a longer period, so it's tough to, to really answer the question. All right. Um, well, I guess I'll go back to the silly questions. Uh, if you could have only one type of cheese for the rest of your life, what type of cheese would it be? Cheddar, because I always use that on my omelet. And that's that's like, next to avocado, that's the next best, best thing on it. On the omelet, so uh, that'll be cheddar. <laughs> you can't go wrong with avocado and cheddar on an omelet. Uh, for those of you that eat eggs, I'm not a huge egg fan, so um, I can't relate. But that sounds like a good mix. Yeah, it is. That's a really good mix. <laughs> uh, well, we want to let you go. We don't want to take up too much of your time this evening, Thomas. But uh, just want to give you a chance. Any last message you have for any of the fans as we head into the preseason and uh, the regular season, just about a month away. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to see you back at the stadium. Uh, it's going to be fun when you finally can play in front of fans. Uh, it's uh, It's been tough playing without. Uh, I mean, I was back in Denmark and we had limited fans for a period of time, which was only 500, and then it was down to no one. And uh, that's not the same as uh, you really know how, now how important fans is to this game. Uh, it's just different to play in front of fans. Uh, some games feel like friendly games without them. So. Uh, I can't wait to see you all at the at the stadium and uh, and hopefully it'll be a very successful year. Awesome. Yeah, and the fans are just as excited to get back into the stands and watch you guys play in and support their favorite USL 
uh, and local soccer team, Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Orange County Soccer Club forward Thomas Enavoltson. Thank you, Thomas, for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Oh, man, it's always great to have players on the show as guests, but uh, that was a great one, and we appreciate it. I mean, we've had this type of experience in the past where we have uh, some connection issues, and we've always had, you know, the players always try their best to get on here. I uh, was speaking with uh, someone from the club that Thomas was trying to get on. He, he It looked like he was on our stream, but I did not see him on my end. Um, but instead of just giving up on it and moving on, they they worked with us, tried to get on there. And uh, even though an audio issue later on, hey, let's try and jump back on. And it worked out perfectly. So we we appreciate when uh, any of our guests are willing to, to go through that much work to try and make this work because we want uh, you all to be able to hear. And we want to hear what they have to say as well. I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. We love talking to the players just as much as you like hearing what they have to say. Um, last thoughts on on Thomas and Volton. Uh, if anyone has anything else to say before we move on to wrap things up here on this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in seeing how he fits in with the offense. Obviously he's going to get a lot of playing time, but more importantly, how the offense fits in around him moving forward. And especially in the June and October months or July and October months when we are crazy. So that'll be interesting to look at. I think Dylan, you were about to maybe say something there, and then Brad jumped in right before you. Yeah, um, if it wasn't obvious already, just from maybe kind of uh, like stalking his social media, that's the thing we like to do as lower division soccer fans. Um, from watching him play, um, you get to hear it from the man himself. Like work ethic is something that he values greatly. Um, so look, vindication for what I said. Um, but more to Brad's point, like he really nailed it. Like the club has to build around Thomasina Wilson because a player of that caliber and that ability is basically undroppable um, short of short of injury and, and plays a really difficult role where he's not a true nine um, and he's not a 10 like, he's right behind. So um, it probably creates a big headache for them. But I think also like if you are in training right now, you have to like, I'm sure you want to be on the pitch with him because you know, he's going to make you better, but you also know he's probably going to set you up for a goal too. I'm excited. Alan, and that's it's... what my thought should have been. <laughs> Alan, do you have any last thoughts on Thomas and Volton before we uh, uh, yes. wrap things up? Avocado is not a vegetable. It is technically a fruit. Yeah. I mean, but, when you but, go to the grocery store, what section of the store is it sitting in? It's sitting in the vegetable it's in the produce section. section. It's in the produce section, which also but includes even, like okay, apples and produce, oranges. Yes, and, yes. But when you go to a and other fruit like tomatoes and and berries like yeah. pineapple and yeah, pineapples but, a berry by the way. But supermarkets typically put vegetables in one section, fruits in another section. And avocados typically go with the other vegetable type items. So your, your argument is that uh, it, it, it's really green. Mean. It goes on eggs and it's yummy. It's and, a great choice though. It's a great yes. choice. It's not and a Anna vegetable, is but a it is a great choice. And of Olson is a millennial hipster with his avocado toast. <laughs> what was that word that you just tried to say? Who? M- millennial. Millennial. Avocado or whatever. I think you added a syllable there. Avocado. Avocado. I'm a boy. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we need something to talk about that isn't. Um, well, it's actually it's it's, it's about time to wrap things up here, so we don't really need much to talk about. Um, <laughs> it's but, true. Uh, <laughs> I wanted you to just uh, just give everyone a last you know thought on that, and then uh, really quick before we go to our random thoughts, is there any other soccer related, Orange County related, Orange County Soccer Club related stuff that anyone wants to share or briefly uh, talk about before we wrap things up? If so, raise your hand, say hi, or just talk. All right. Well, um, Christostomo, I totally just did a good job to Vegas. Chris Sostomo. Chris Sostomo went to Vegas. Um, Vegas signed their first, what, eight, nine players of the season? I know. It's just like announced. a bulk announcement, man. That was just like out of nowhere, out of left field. They're, they're but, still uh, short of a Ostomo. team. 
Yes, Chrysostomo. And I still mess it up, even though you just said it. But uh, it's interesting seeing how this Vegas and LAFC dynamic is turning out so far. Um, because we really don't know much about them. And apparently they played a friendly on Saturday that against LAFC that... I guess LAFC instead actually played a friendly against the Revolution on the same day that Vegas said that they were going to play a friendly against LAFC. It's it's weird, but kind of funny. I, I still love laughing at Vegas. <laughs> but let's just say this. Congrats to Danny Chrysostomo on yeah. finding a new home since he was no longer with Orange County. Another recent announcement, too, was uh, the announcement of um, – Edson Alvarado joined LA Force uh, uh, recently, so it's another former player from last season that is finding a new home and is continuing their soccer career. So, congrats to those two. I'll have to bust out my autographed uh, Danny Chrysostomo uh, kit and find a way to to show it off here, even though I have a green screen with a fake background. I have to figure out how to work that out. Unfortunately, it's too small to fit on me, and who wants to wear an autographed shirt anyway? So, we'll figure out how to to display that at some point. Um, oh, and uh, you know, we just uh, saw in the comments, Brent Richards was named one of the top five fullbacks by the USL season preview uh, article. So that's another nice, nice thing there. It's a good addition. And Brad knows a lot about uh, Brent Richards. So I'm sure he's excited to see the progression Always. of his career here with Orange County. Um, let's get into the, the, the wrap up here and let's get into our, our final thoughts here. Our random thoughts. I'm going to go uh, since he was the first one on the stream today that, that connected and that's uh, Alan, Alan, you have a random thought. Championship, uh, CONCACAF champions league started today. Uh, so enjoy that. It's the more exciting version of the champions league. Uh, Cause it's CONCACAF and anything weird can happen. Uh, so that started today. So check it out. Let me go to you, Brad. Um, congratulations to good friend and former Reno player, uh, Sam Gleedle for signing a contract with San Antonio. Uh, I'm glad it's a team we don't have to face in the regular season because he's a very good player and San Antonio just became a lot better because of that. Also, uh, everybody in this family is super generous, super nice, and I'm so happy that he's found a new team in the league. Dylan, what about you? Um, my random thought is a plea for all of you to continue or, um, continue wearing your masks. I think you're probably all wearing masks, um, but keep wearing your masks so I can get back to working in sports so I can start being on time to podcast again, instead of doing the not sports thing that I do for work right now. That makes me late every time. Please. Thank you. I like sports. <laughs> um, and random, uh, thought for me, uh, we're working on a Pacific division preview. Hopefully we'll have that for you next week. So next week, if you tune in, that should be what we'll be talking about. We're looking at bringing on some guests that cover some of the teams in the Pacific division to help join us in this conversation. So you're not just hearing what local orange County fans and a San Diego and Reno fan think about the Pacific division. Um, and then also we have a potential fun announcement for one of the upcoming preseason matchups. So stay tuned on social media. Um, we're excited about what's happening with that. And once we confirm everything, we will definitely announce it. And hopefully you'll be as excited as we are. Cause it's pretty cool. I uh, want to say thank you uh, once again to Thomas and Volton for joining us and also going through the technical difficulties and, and making things work out and having a great interview with us. Uh, again, we like to hear players thoughts on soccer and just other fun, random stuff like, avocados and geography whatever else we're talking about geography well no uh well yeah okay and um also want to say thank you to you the listener and viewer who tune in or listen to us on the podcast each and every week we appreciate that that's the reason we do what we do um, we love talking about soccer but if literally we were doing this for the last three years and no one is listening to us i don't think we'd still be uh, going strong but we do have people that actually listen to what we have to say so we keep going and, and we have fun doing this so we appreciate that um, if you've just found us on the podcast, uh, po podcasting world or live streaming world, go back and listen to some of our old episodes. You can either look for them on our YouTube channel, or you can go onto our website and listen to any of the old episodes and, and enjoy what we've had to say since day one, since it was just when it was just Dylan and myself, and we were figuring out how to do this thing. Yeah. Don't go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I want to, uh, really quick social media from everyone, Alan. Anderwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Brad. Pal in the sky on the Twitter machines. Dylan. At OCSC underscore Dylan on Twitter. 
and slash you slash OCSE underscore Dylan on Reddit. Perfect. And you can find me on Twitter at DJ Race Mora. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. You can go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to listen to all of our past episodes, read anything we've written about Orange County Soccer Club or uh, soccer in general, or just, you know, look around, find stuff that we don't even know is on the website. If you can find it, let us know. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I think we're good to go from here. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh!